You're in the trenches once again with Dave Lapham, brought to you by First Star Logistics. And we want to thank you for joining us in the trenches from our outstanding studios, as good as anybody has. And we appreciate First Star Logistics for that. We're joined today by Bengals quarterback coach, Dan Pitcher. He talks about Joe Burrow, obviously. He talks about the Baltimore Ravens game. He talks about the upcoming opponent, uh, which is, is is going to be a, a, a big test uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals, there's there's no doubt about that. The New Orleans Saints in New Orleans, it is loud down there. There's a lot of distractions potentially for young guys too. Stay off Bourbon Street. Don't need to be doing any of that. And I know the Cincinnati Bengals will be focused. They're going to try to bring that record to an even Stephen three and three. Coach Dan Pitcher will tell us how they're going to get that done. Welcome once again to In the Trenches with Dave Lapham, brought to you by First Star Logistics, coming from our First Star Logistics studios, which are as good as it gets. And we want to welcome to the our podcast video cast, the one, the only quarterback coach for the Cincinnati Bengals, Dan Pitcher. Coach, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Sure. Thanks for having me, Lap. I know it's a busy day. This is the day where you know, the sausage is made. I mean, this is where you're really game planning. You're getting getting after it a little bit. I guess, first of all, let's let's go backwards just for a little bit. The the Baltimore Raven game, thought the running game showed signs of blossoming. Am I accurate there? Yeah, yeah, I think you are. Um, you know, I think both Joe and Samaje um, really had some tough runs there starting in the second quarter leading into the second half. Uh, we really made some hay on the ground. Uh, I thought the guys up front did a good job and, you know, that's, that's an ongoing process and, and uh, the line's gelling and, and our backs are running well and, you know, we need to build on that performance. You think in this era, this day and age of the national football league that the month of September is pretty much almost like an extended preseason. No, uh, I wouldn't say that because they all count, you know, yeah. um, in the sense that it takes time uh, for for units to gel and for you to find out, you know, what this version of this year's team does well. Right. Um, I think there's, you know, there's definitely some truth to that. Um, but you got to figure it out in a hurry and you got to do it, uh, you know, with, with live, uh, you know, live ammunition coming at you. So it's, it's, um, you know, it's a process you got to figure out fast. Um, but I think every team to some extent is doing that, uh, in the first month of the season. How big a factor is not having a guy like T Higgins with his ability? I mean, in my mind, he's a, he's a number one guy. He's the number one receiver. The dude is big man. He's got a huge catch radius. He's a, he's a hell of a football player. You don't have him for, a good portion of the Pittsburgh game and you don't have him for very much at all against the Ravens. How big of a blow is that? How, how hard is that to make those adjustments that quickly? Yeah, well, we love T and, and T is a huge part of our offense. And so, yeah. uh, you know, we want to have him out there every single play if we can. Um, but, you know, we know this is football and sometimes things happen and, um, you know, guys that you would like to have out there, you don't have available to you. So, um, you know, we're 
uh, looking forward to having T out there as, as early and as quickly as possible. And, and um, you know, but in the meantime, other guys step up. Mike Thomas, you know, made a big catch and run the other night. Yep. And, um, you know, we got a, a good receiver group that we have confidence in and, and that those, you know, that Troy and Brad do a great job of making sure those guys are ready for when their number's called. Um, and so we'll uh, we'll keep plugging right along. So the Baltimore Ravens, I, I'm so used to the Wink Martindale, you know, look of band. They're bringing one more than you can block. They're coming all the time. Uh, it 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 kind of morphed away from that a little bit, and it, and it had, but it seemed like against the Bengals, it, it even morphed further away from that. I think they brought five, you know, five players, you know, not that often, and they played a lot of coverage. And everybody's playing cover two, you know, which is the two safeties deep. Talk to us about, give us a little education on cover two and the problems that cover two can pose. Yeah, you know, it's it's not just cover two. There's different versions of two high safety zone coverage that teams can play. There's a whole yep. host of them. Um, you know, and essentially it's just the, the defense choosing to, you know, apply whatever resources they have to, to keep – defenders deeper and to you know try to limit your ability to get behind them um and whether that's through traditional cover two with two half field safeties and five underneath players or whether that's quarters with kind of four deeper players and three underneath players and then the techniques of the corners can vary based on if they're reading the inside receivers or not sometimes it's half cover two half quarters um, you know, so there's all different variations that teams can play. Sometimes it's dependent on specific people where they happen to be in your formation as to what side they're going to play, which type of two safety coverage. So, you know, those are all the things that, that we have to try to diagnose pretty quickly. Once we get into a game, it's clear that, um, you know, teams are employing that strategy against us. And, you know, that it makes sense given, you know, our skill position players like T and like Jamar and like Tyler. Um, so, you know, we just, uh, we figure out the best way to attack those structures and, and uh, we look to execute as best we can. You know, I, I thought that, that the, uh, the way you attacked it in, in Baltimore, I mean, you tried to run them out of it, which is a, you know, in my mind, a good, a good thing, you know, it start hammering and maybe bust some there or they're going to have to sink one of those guys instead of keeping them back. Uh, screens, I thought were a good tactic against that, uh, the schematic you were seeing and, and being real patient with, you know, take the check downs and, um, you know, it's almost like an extension of your running game. Your, the, the short intermediate stuff becomes, you know, so huge and the discipline that it takes to, to stay after that and stay with it. And you guys went on 13 play, 15 play drives. I mean, I, I thought that, uh, you know, that, that the way you attacked it was very sound. Yeah, you know, it's when the defense chooses to play that way, you know, there's certain things that you, that certain ways you have to go about playing offense. And, um, you know, in those drives that you referenced, I thought we did a good job of that. And so, you know, we're always going to stay on the attack. We're always going to be aggressive. We're always looking for opportunities for explosive plays, uh, but we're going to do so intelligently. And uh, we trust Joe to be a great decision maker and to, to throw the ball where he needs to. You know, I, I've in the second half of the football game, the Bengals had three possessions, two in the third quarter, one in the fourth quarter. The Ravens had four. I, I tell you that I, I don't I don't recall very many games where, you know, there were three and four possessions in an entire half for football teams. I mean, you know, they had a 15 play drive. You had a 15 and a 13 play drive. It was like, boy, once the offense has had the football, 
they were running snaps and grinding clock. It was it was it was huge. You get in a situation like that, you're thinking, man, how many more possessions are we going to have? We, you know, fortunately, it wasn't a game where we're in the second half down a score or two, because that that would have been doubly tough. But th- those kind of games, are are they rare? Yeah, I think to that extent they are. Um, you know, sometimes again, depending on the style of, of defense that you're playing and how aggressive they're being, it can lend itself to longer drives and some games it lends itself to shorter drives and more explosive plays. It's just that's football and you gotta figure out how to win the game that you're playing in that moment. And, you know, sometimes that means you have thirteen possessions and sometimes like you said, you got seven. And um you know, so you just have to adapt and be ready to do whatever it's going to take. So in this uh, in this football game, um, obviously, the running game was 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 a factor in, in terms of of trying to get the uh, play action pass and all that sort of thing unlocked. Was that did you notice with the running game improvement, there were more opportunities with that sort of thing, the play action game? There's always going to be uh more opportunities for you to move the football down the field when you're executing in both phases. Um, and so it's critical to our success is to be able to, to run the ball and throw the ball and do the things that, that complement, uh, you know, each phase in terms of the play action pass and the keepers and all, and things of that nature. So yeah, it's, it's critical that, that we have success in, in both those phases. People that I've talked to, you know, former players, fans, former coaches, everybody was very impressed with Hayden Hurst and the effort that Hayden Hurst gave, uh, particularly on the touchdown reception, but how hard he runs, you know, how physical a player he is. I mean, this this dude is a physical, fast-twitch guy, isn't he? Yeah, Hayden's doing a really nice job, and and we're, we're really excited that we have him. Um, I know the tight ends as a whole are, are really coming together as a group and James is doing a great job with them and Hayden's playing with a lot of energy uh, and, and he's playing like a guy that you can feed off of as, as a unit. So, um, you know, hats off to him. And, and, you know, I know it's, he's only just starting and, and we'll look to, you know, lean on him for, for the rest of the year. I know uh, red zone, low red zone in particular, or that's an area where there's focus for uh, improvement. I'm sure. What 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 do you think? Is it just all right? Well, you get nine guys doing things the way we want it done. A couple aren't, or ten guys and one's not. That's all it takes, isn't it? In those type of situations. Yeah, I mean, all eleven have to execute, you know. And and as you get down there, the field shrinks, and the defense has to cover less and less ground, and uh, it gets more and more difficult to find space. And so you get down there, we just, you know, we got to do a better job executing all the way around, regardless of. Um, you know what the what the particular call is in a given moment um and you know we spent a lot of time coming up with a great plan to to get the ball in down there so we'll, you know we'll keep working at it and uh we'll get better so i guess um did the ravens do anything that you had not anticipated that might do defensively either you know out in the field or in the low red zone or whatever did they did they change anything up it seems like uh teams doing things differently against this Bengals offense and the weapons you guys have than they may have shown, you know, prior in game tape that you may have studied. I mean, it, was it, were there subtle changes? Were there drastic changes? What was that like? Yeah. You know, you kind of referenced it at the beginning of the interview. Um, you know, traditionally they've been a little bit more of a single high uh, exotic pressure, 
you know, they have a new coordinator and then they have new players. And so, you know, teams are allowed to, to, um, you know, mold and, and do whatever they want on any given Sunday. And that's what we just have to be ready for, you know? And, and so, yeah, you know, sometimes maybe defenses are playing us a little bit differently than what they've shown on tape, but that's part of, it's part of the NFL. It's part of recognizing what, what challenges you pose to a, to an opponent and how they might, you know, choose to play you given those challenges. Um, and so, you know, we do our best to try to anticipate those things and then be able to react in the moment uh, if we do see something that, you know, maybe wasn't at the top of our radar. So let's put the uh, the Baltimore Ravens to bed and, and let's talk about the, the New Orleans Saints. Um, two, two road games in very hostile environments back-to-back. I mean, Baltimore is as loud an outdoor stadium as I've ever been in when they when they get full throat and those fans are so supportive down there in new orleans those fans are psycho for football and they're in a dome i mean man you guys back-to-back weeks are going to be dealing with some significant crowd noise but i thought you handled that aspect of it against baltimore exceptionally well what did you think yeah you know we got guys with a lot of experience guys that are professionals that just understand that that's again part of playing in the nfl you know it's um you just deal with it. You know, it's not, uh, you don't make too much of a, a big deal. You know, there's going to be a you know, loud crowd who's excited to cheer on their, their home team. And, um, you know, it's our responsibility to go into that environment and be able to communicate and, and execute the way we need to, to win the game. So, uh, you know, we don't make too much of a, a big deal about it. Um, we got guys that know how to handle themselves in, in those spots and that's what we'll do. So this defensive football team uh, for the New Orleans Saints, Take me through. I know Cam Jordan is a heck of a football player. Uh, this is a pretty salty group. What, what do you think of uh, the New Orleans Saints when you throw tape on, and what are your impressions when you've uh, concluded your your study? Yeah, I mean they're they're good. You know they've got uh, you know you just you just mentioned Cam Jordan, who's been doing it now for 12 years uh, at, a, at a super high level. You know he's kind of in the mold of that big, powerful, explosive guy that can cause issues at the defensive end position. He can be an issue inside. He can do a variety of things, um, you know, and, and they've got other, you know, long, strong, powerful uh, defensive linemen. They've got, you know, linebackers who are aggressive, who will fill downhill and who will hit you. Uh, and then they got, you know, good defensive backs as well. Marshawn Lattimore is one of the top corners in the league. Um, you know, they've got some other, you know, corners that are, that are playing at a high level and safeties as well. So it's, it's a good group. You know, it's, it's a, a scheme that's, you know, been together for several years, obviously with the, with their head coach having been the defensive coordinator um, in, in years prior. And um, so, you know, they obviously thought a lot of him and his scheme and the way he coached those guys, um, you know, for him to, to take over as a head coach. And so, uh, you know, we know we got a challenge ahead of us and uh, we're excited to go meet it. I was talking to Archie Manning a little bit earlier today, and and he seems it seems like, according to what he's talking about, that it's going to be the return of the heroes. You know, the LSU guys, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, to the city of New Orleans. You know, where they uh, at LSU they they brought a national championship to that to that region of the country. I mean, they're the LSU players are all held in high regard, and there's a few of them on the on the Bengals roster. Um, how do you, how do you handle that part of it? I mean, I, I'm sure Joe Burrow, I know you don't have to worry about him with his laser focus, uh, I'd assume, but I mean, obviously, you know, they're, they're going to, uh, the 
going to have to deal with it in some way, shape, or form, and it's handling it the right way is a big deal as, in, as you get ready for a game like this? Yeah, you know, I think you're, you're dealing, again, with adults who are pros, who are used to a lot of fanfare no matter where they go. Right. Um, and so while it's a nice story for uh, people to write about and talk about, and, and those guys absolutely accomplished some great things um, down there in, in Louisiana, and, and so I'm sure there are a lot of people – uh, from that area of the country who, uh, you know, will always remember their time at LSU very fondly as they should. So, um, you know, all the accolades they, they've garnered through that are well-deserved. Um, I know this week's about the Cincinnati Bengals beating the, the New Orleans Saints and doing whatever it takes to get that done. No question about that. So as you, uh, I know you're in the uh, making the sausage aspect of uh, game planning. You're getting that part of it done. This is a big, a big day for, putting that game plan together and presentation of said game plan to the, to the players tomorrow, as you're looking at what you're putting together and and, and the structure of it, what do you see as big keys to success in a game like this one? I mean, it's, it's, it's the same you go in every week. I mean, you know, that lap, I mean, especially when you're going on the road, we just talked about it's about communicating, being on the same page, uh, being able to execute, being able to build on some of the momentum in the run game that you referenced from last week, um, make smart decisions with the football, uh, be aggressive when opportunities present themselves. And, you know, we just move the ball down the field and score points. I mean, it's, it sounds generic and it sounds basic, but that's what wins football games. Um, and so, you know, we're coming up with, with a plan to put us in the best position to do that and let our guys go play. It's uh, It's interesting. In, in, in five games is not the biggest sample size, but you know it's it's a little bit of a sample size. And when you guys have gotten the football and scored on that first drive and taken that early lead, had the quick start, you're two and zero. Oh. When it hasn't turned out that way, you're zero oh and three. And I know it's not that simple, um, but how important is getting off to a good start, particularly on the road? Well, you know that's it's something we focus on. It's something we talk about all the time is is coming out and, and putting our best foot forward right from the first snap. Uh, and it certainly puts us in a better position on offense when we do that. And it puts our defense in a better position, too. You know, so that's always going to be an emphasis. It's always going to be important. And, you know, it's not going to happen every single week, but we got to work, uh, you know, as hard as possible to make it happen as often as possible. And so, you know, we were able to do that in uh, the Jets and the the Miami game, unfortunately, last week, um, you know, we got the first first down there and then we stalled out a little bit. And so, you know, that's something that uh, whether we start with the ball or not, it doesn't matter. Whenever we touch the ball first on offense, uh, we got to hit the ground running. And so, you know, we we work really hard during the week to to put us in a good spot to do that. So, you know, Joe Burrow as well or better than anybody um, at this stage. Five games into the season, uh, he's well past. I mean, the, the the appendectomy and not having those reps and all that sort of thing. Is Joe Burrow where you and Joe want Joe Burrow to be? Or is it still a little bit of a work in progress? Or, or where is Joe mentally, physically, emotionally, all those kind of things? Well, you know, I think Joe would tell you, and, and I'll tell you, there's, there's never uh, – we're never looking to be stagnant. We are where we are right now, and there's uh, things that we're always going to focus on to to get better and improve our play. Um, 
you know, I love Joe's approach. I love uh, everything about him. I trust him wholeheartedly. And, you know, we just do every single week's a new week. Uh, we put in the best plan we can to, to, to let Joe go uh, win us a football game. And that's what we're going to do this week. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm uh, very happy with where Joe's at. And, you know, I expect him to play well. So I, I know I probably asked you this before, but if you had to pick out of all the attributes that he's got, and he's got a, he checks boxes, man. Um, he's, he's unique in that regard. What do you think is his biggest attribute, his biggest positive in Joe Burrow as a quarterback, as a football player? Yeah, like you said, uh, it's, <laughs> we've, we've done this a lot, and I, but I understand it. It's a fair question, you know, he's, and it's a hard question to answer because I love Joe and I wouldn't trade him for, for, any, for, for anybody. Yeah. Uh, and there's, there's a lot of great things about him. Um, if you, if you pin me down and made me say one, uh, <laughs> he's a rare competitor, you know, and without that gene, whatever that is, um, all the other stuff's only going to take you so far. Uh, but he has that rare competitiveness that all great quarterbacks in the NFL have. Um, and he has as much as, or more of it than anyone. And so, uh, if you, if you're pinning me down and making me pick one, that's it. I'm with you. Competitiveness and clutch gene, man, dude is, uh, he's like at the top of Mount Everest on, in, the, in those areas, as well as a bunch of others. Can't thank you enough. I know, uh, I know you're busy. I know this is a unbelievably busy day and for you to carve the time for us to visit and catch us up on a few things. It's greatly appreciated. Thanks very much, sir. You got a lap. Have a good one. You do the same. Thanks. At First Star Logistics, we're a very strict company that really puts the pressure on our employees. <laughs> Brakes? What are those? That's what I'm talking about, Icky. Get the body right, then the mind's right. You know, yeah. you know gotta get that body right. That's right. right. Yes, sir. Become a star with a chance to earn the highest commission percentages in the industry as a freight broker agent. Check out FirstStarLogistics.com.